Welcome to When We Speak, where we shed stigmas, say goodbye to shame, strengthen ourselves, and encourage others. I am your host, Tasha Hunter. This is a podcast where I am blending the intersections of race, gender, sexuality, faith, and trauma. If there is a topic that most people say we're not supposed to talk about, I'm talking about it because that is how we heal. We don't heal in silence. We heal by speaking out. But today I have Andy Colbert, the author of Try Softer and the fellow therapist. Uh, Andy, if you would just introduce yourself however feels comfortable for you. Yeah, well, first, thank you so much for having me. Um, I am a licensed professional counselor in Castle Rock, Colorado, and I'm married with two kiddos. Um, And part of my journey is that I am a survivor of complex trauma. And so, you know, I have just had this since um, I've been, I've been practicing for some, somewhere in the range of, I don't know, 13 years, something like that. And about, I don't know, eight years ago, I had this feeling like, man, talk therapy is just not enough. (laughs) It's just not getting both personally um, for my own work, but also for my clients, I felt this gap. And so I've really spent about the last eight years leaning into learning about body-centered therapies, training in things like EMDR, um, learning about trauma in the body and our nervous system. And so Try Softer and, and my new guided journey that just came out is really the product of first really my own work, my own healing and just this sense that like, there has to be more. Mm-hmm. And, and then ultimately a sense that, gosh, I would love to offer this to others mm-hmm. who are feeling that too. Like maybe there is a different way. Yeah. I love that. And so much of what you said resonates. Someone asked me recently, you know, what was my inspiration? And I said, my, my life Mm. So a lot of times when I write things, I write what I need to hear in the moment or what my younger child needs to hear. Yeah. Sometimes it's with the mind of my clients, but so often the work that I do and this journey that I'm on, it's for me first, mm. more than it's for anybody else. Um, and so I just appreciate uh, your book. And, and I wanted to just ask, because when I was reading it, when it came out last year and I, I started reading it, just the the title, Try Softer. What a time to come out with a book, it, you know, in a whole pandemic, right? And teaching people that it does not have to be this hard. You don't have to struggle through life or through healing or through relationships or anything. And so just when I saw your book, I was introduced to you on Twitter and I said, oh, and I purchased it immediately. Um, And and then I'll say, you know, you discuss healing being slow, layered, linear. And could you speak to to what we mean as therapists when we're we're talking to clients about being slow and that 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 healing is not this quick thing that that people kind of want it to be? Yeah. Yeah. Well, first, thank you so much. I'm, I, I always, when I hear that people connect with the title, it just, it makes me so grateful because I, um, I really was thoughtful about that title around, I, I, I knew it would probably kind of make a few people a little bit irritated 
<laughs> and then some people were like, Ooh, how do I do that? You know? And so it's just been this interesting thing to see how it connects. But um, I love that question. What does that even mean? You know, like mm-hmm. what is, wh- why do I even talk about it like that? And, you know, in the beginning of Trisofter, the reason I start with this story about this, you know, it, and this really is like a story of many of my clients who come in and they're basically like, okay, I'm here. Like, how long is it going to take? <laughs> You know, and there's this sense of, you know, partly I get it, you know, we're used to, especially with a medical model, we're kind of like, okay, you're the expert, give me the prescription done and done. Right. Mm -hmm. And really therapy is different than that because it's not about, while I am a person who has more training and all the, and I, I have, you know, a background and all these things part of my work is to empower my client to know that they are the expert on their own life, their body, their nervous system. And in, and I think for so many of us, part of the reason why healing is most effective when it's a little bit more slow or layered is because if we try to rush it, um, we can, especially for folks with a significant trauma history, there's a really high chance of re-traumatization. You know, if you have a complicated, as many of my clients do, many have childhood trauma and various types of, you know, potentially PTSD or lots of little T trauma or, you know, there's so many different ways that presents. And one thing that has served me really well is this idea that the more complicated the trauma, the more complex the healing will be. And so, you know, for example, if someone has grown up and they've had generally like a good enough childhood and they've had good enough resources and background, and then let's say they have a car accident and they have, you know, it's a single event trauma. They have PTSD from that. That is going to look different in therapy. That is actually going to be a little bit more simple. You can address that, you know, through something like EMDR and it may take, I mean, everybody's still different, but, you know, maybe you do that in like eight sessions and that person no longer has PTSD. But if, if you take that same person, they had this, you know, this traumatic car accident, but you add below that a childhood full of trauma or lots of different interpersonal trauma or workplace trauma or, you know, various types of experiences, gosh, it's not so simple. And so it's the slowness itself doesn't heal us, but it's the honoring of the pace, the pace of every single person's body, like every person has their own pace. And as therapists, you know, we, part of our work is to learn that we, we tune into that mm-hmm. and find that pace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's it. And, and I think that, 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 that taking the slower route is also the more compassionate route. Mm-hmm the more respectful route, giving each wounded part the respect and the love and the time that is needed. Mm -hmm. Giving your emotions the time and the space to be expressed, to to even creating that safety container for emotions to be expressed. Mm -hmm. 
And so oftentimes, um, especially for people that are calling me because they they want to come see me. So we're maybe doing like the initial consult. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, they'll ask, well, how, you know, how long is this going to take? You know, I should, I feel like I should be over this mm. by now. Well, no, <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. you've been dealing with, and, and my specialization is childhood trauma. So you've been dealing with this trauma for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, and even longer, it's going to take longer than a couple of sessions. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I love that you, your book really lays out all the ways in which we rethink how we heal, mm-hmm. how we honor our pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love how you speak to that too, just like that respect. Cause I think that's Mm -hmm. so important. And I think especially for folks who have really developed very um, significant parts in order to survive, you know, Mm -hmm. and as I'm sure you experience with your clients, like anytime we try to just override a part of ourselves, like, Ooh, you don't matter. I'm just going to shut you down. You know what? It doesn't work like that. Cause when we don't honor those parts. And when we don't help bring them into a place where they, those parts feel safe for us to lead them, um, they will jump ahead (laughs) and they'll do what they want to do anyway. You know, those, those things where we like, it comes out sideways. Yep. Every time, (laughs) every time. So yeah, we, we've got to take the more gentle, more compassionate route to healing. And, you know, and as you say in your book and, and say all the time, this, this white knuckling through life, it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. You know? mm. And, and so also I wanted to talk about, you know, in your book, you, well, before I get to this question, <laughs> here's what I love about uh, TriSoftware is that you also share your own story. So for anybody just looking at us at face value, wanting to take us at face value and thinking, oh, well, you're a therapist, you know, you, you, you don't know how I feel. Mm. I love this thing that you've done and that I've done and where we, we speak about our own pain and acknowledge it. So whatever therapist they're used to, and I've had some people say, well, I don't know. I didn't know anything about my other therapist. Like they never shared Well, I've written a book. You've written a book. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It's a different way. Yes. Yes. Gosh. And it is one of those things where when I was considering writing this book, I mean, I really, you know, it's not a memoir, but it Mm -hmm. felt important to me to name, to name some of my own journey. And, you know, I'm, I always try to be really mindful in, in, in actual therapy around self-disclosure. You know, I mean, a lot of my clients have, you know, read my book, so they know a lot of those stories, but ultimately I want therapy to be about, about the client. Right. Right. But also, I think one of the things that's kind of cool to see that's becoming more normalized is recognizing that therapists are humans. Yeah. <laughs> and I, that might seem like, well, yeah, of course, therapists are humans. Mm-hmm. But honestly, I, that's not how I experienced the field when I was being trained. You know, I mean, we weren't quite at a place where we were supposed to be like, um, you know, what is it? The blank slate, but right. it's certainly, I certainly felt like a lot of pressure to yeah. have it all together all the time. Yep. <laughs> Same. 
And, you know, I think, you know, there's that dance where ultimately we have to be able to contain our own stuff, right? Because mm-hmm. that's part of being a good therapist is to be able to be really fully present with who you're with. Mm-hmm. But that does not mean mm-hmm. that that I and that you aren't a person and that you don't have a story and that there isn't complexity. Um, and, and frankly, and I wonder if this is how you feel, but I Mm -hmm. think it makes me a better therapist. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and, and I even, I wanted to write about this, but I haven't formulated full thought, but if anybody's looking for a therapist that, that isn't, you know, showing vulnerability, (laughs) Mm -hmm. isn't accessing authenticity. I'm not the one because I'm going to share my stuff when it's appropriate and and, in ways that are appropriate. Um, And I do want my clients to know, even without knowing all of the things, I totally get where you're coming from. Mm -hmm. If I understand where they're coming from, if I understand their pain, I'm not going to let them sit with it alone. Yes. I'm going to say I've been there or, or I would have responded the same way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that that makes us way better therapists and makes the relationships with our clients um, more authentic. And I think just more beautiful overall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think about, you know, I think actually about my therapist, my current therapist, and I, I, you know, I think this has been an interesting thing for me. Cause it's like, it's really been like the last three years that, you know, I've had something that's so public. Um, and, and I'm still pretty, I'm mindful. I don't share everything about my story um, on purpose because there are parts that like, I don't, want to really have out there right now. And that's a way Mm -hmm. I advocate for myself. Like I do that on purpose. Um, but my therapist, you know, sometimes I know that, you know, she has a history of complex trauma and every once in a while, you know, I'll share something and she won't tell me all the story or anything, but she'll say, you know what? I want you to know that I resonate with that because I've experienced that too. Mm. you know? And it's like, and I, and she's told me enough, I know enough of her story. Cause it was kind of important to me to hear, like, mm. in what way do you mm. intersect mm-hmm. with kind of some of the things that I'm bringing to our work? Mm-hmm. And, and so I know, you know, and so it's like this really beautiful thing because it is my time, but I know she gets it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we have the same, I think, kind of a therapist in, in that way. Uh, the first time I remember the first time I said to my own therapist, I said, listen, you know, this this thing is happening and I'm explaining to her how I feel. And I said, you know, I don't know if I'm crazy. I don't know if I'm thinking about this the right way, if I responded the right way. I just I don't know. And I just need your feedback on this. And she said, Tasha, I would have done the same thing. I felt so sane in that moment. Like, oh, Mm. it's not just me. Yes. It's not just me. So I love that we all are creating this new community, this new type or this new way of doing therapy and having relationships with our clients. I, I, I don't want this hierarchy to exist 
um, where where it's me and then they're under me and mm-hmm. and and there's this divide. Yeah, I, I want people to understand. Yes, I'm a therapist, but I'm also a survivor of many, many, many things, mm. and I'm healing too. And 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 Andy, I don't know what you would say about this, but for me, I feel like. I'm serious about my healing because I, because I can't take people no further than what I've already been. Mm-hmm. So the further I go in my own journey, then I can bring others, clients, people, whoever with me. That's right. Does that make sense? Oh, 100%. I mean, I think that is, I mean, I think that is the invitation for true healers. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I don't say that from at all from a place of arrogance you know, it is a, a brutal path, right? There is brutal to be fully awake to our humanity, to Mm -hmm. healing, to witness people in their fullness. I mean, it is not easy work and we have got to be doing our own. Yeah. So that we can be that compassionate witness with people. Um, and, and even if it's like, maybe I haven't been through every single thing that that person sitting across from me has, but mm-hmm. as I do my own work, it expands my ability mm-hmm. to sit with pain, That's to it. honor pain. Um, so that people feel really seen. That's it. Cause I mean, listen, I, and I talk about this, I'll, I actually talk about this a lot that, you know, people, you can have the best tools. You can have mm-hmm. great, all this stuff, evidence-based EMDR mm-hmm. newest trainings, but, but it is that relationship that bears the weight mm-hmm. and it holds us it holds that risk, right? Cause there's always some risk in therapy. And if you're asking your client to risk, gosh, they need to trust you. That's it. That's it. So in your book, you talk, um, you also integrate your faith and, um, I have a habit of, I, I read the words in a book, but then I, I expand it just for my own understanding and get so much more out of just anything that I'm reading or, or taking in. And, and so, you know, reading try softer, I I thought about, I said, if we learn to try softer in our healing and we learn to try softer also in our relationship with, with God, I think that Christianity has been hijacked, you know, ages ago. And it was this thing where you have to try so hard to be good, to be right, to be accepted. And then if we learn to try softer, that filters into our relationships, our faith, uh, our, our, you know, whether that's platonic or romantic relationships, the relationships that we have with our bodies Mm. in all the ways, try softer. I mean, it just applies to everything. Was that kind of your intent or or not so much. Cause I just got so much out of it. <laughs> well, I love it. And honestly, that's, I'm going to answer that question, but I want to just say, I think that's my great hope is that people, right. Again, I, I just see so much reciprocity in this work, you know, again, it's like, I, 
it starts in me, right? Like this has been my journey, but it's offering it to everyone else who feels called to it to say, like, make, make it yours, <laughs> make it your own journey too, you know? And, and so I think for me, it, it has been the intent in the sense that everything is based in mutuality and reciprocity. Like even, you know, I think about, you know, our relationship with God, that there's a sense of, I see it like, God has a compassionate posture towards me, like towards all of us. Like we are so loved. Like, I don't think we can even comprehend the bigness of that. Like my body can't even hold it. So like, there's plenty, (laughs) there's plenty there. And it's like, I see it essentially, you know, I use that term compassionate attention and I see it as like this, like I am, I get to, to sort of pull from the well, from, Mm -hmm. from the, from the river that does not run dry. Mm -hmm. And I get to steward that towards myself, towards my hurting parts, towards my adult self parts, um, towards my relationships. So then that has to, Mm -hmm. I just see it. Like there's just all these systems, right? Mm -hmm. And once you start pouring that goodness in, Mm -hmm. it starts to flow. And so yeah. I mean, I, I think what's so cool about that is it really pushes against scarcity. It pushes against this sense that like there's not enough, there's not, a, but like there is enough. And that's actually why we can try softer. That's it. And for me, this is like where my faith feels really important that I don't have to hold it all. I can't hold it all. Mm-hmm. I, I am too fragile to hold it all, but I can hold what's mine. And mm-hmm. I can know there is something bigger than me that yeah. holds it. Yeah. Uh, as you were saying that, Andy, I thought about the times when things have happened in my life and I've been really angry, even, you know, so angry with God and just kind of screaming, why did you let this happen? Why did I have to go through this? You could have prevented this, you know, just, just so much anger. And I remember one day driving to work and the thought occurred to me, but God can handle my anger and I don't have to hold it on. Yeah. I don't, I don't have to deal with it by myself. Bring it all, (laughs) all my tears, all my shame, all my anxiety, whatever emotions are coming up. I don't have to hold it all that God is there, that love is there. And when you draw your attention in that way, it's like, oh, I didn't realize that, right? And we talked a little bit before recording in that when you, if you um, are a survivor, a trauma survivor, that's, see, that's the thing is remembering that you were in your trauma, you were in that, that experience alone, which is what caused the trauma. Yes. But now you don't have to, you're not alone. Yes. You know, yes. And, and, and so that awareness helps us to facilitate a softer way of, of being and existing and healing. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's so powerful and beautiful. And I think, you know, I'm always really aware that people are on so many different places with their potential experience of God. And so I'm always really honoring of sometimes people aren't in a place where that feels true for them, where they're, you know, and I think to me that I'm like, that makes, that makes sense. (laughs) There's so much weaponization around faith and different experiences. And, um, but in my own body, that is what I believe to be so true that whether I'm explicitly talking about God or not, I believe God's the author, you know, mm-hmm. and that, that from that place, there is a well to be able to offer from, you know, mm-hmm. and I love, 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 love how you're touching on this idea of like, here's what's different now. Mm-hmm. And I know for me, that has been a key key part of my own healing from complex trauma, um, because it's been this ability to sort of be with myself, be with the parts of myself who still feel like I'm alone, who still feel like the trauma is happening, who still feel like it hasn't ended. And to gently, you know, there's a lots of different ages of that, but to just take that younger me by the face and, and look at her and say, here, I am right here. I am with you. I will not leave you. What happened was not okay, but I am going nowhere. That's it. And if everybody else leaves, I'm not leaving. I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, Just so much of what you say just so resonates. Um, My younger Tasha, I, I mean, little girl me, it's been so healing. And I'm even just for anybody listening, even as a therapist, Andy and I are still, we're still doing this work, right? Mm-hmm. Of, of loving our inner child. And I often will tell mine, you are not alone. I'm right here with you. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to abandon you. I'm not going to walk out on you. I love you. You got me. You got me forever, you know? Mm-hmm. And we have to do that. That's a part of our healing. Mm-hmm. That's a part of it. Um, in such a compassionate way to, again, honor and give voice to my pain and my experience, right? Yeah. yeah. And it's so beautiful because as those parts, I, you know, my, my experience and, and seeing my clients too, as those parts come to believe, and, and often it's a process, like, mm-hmm. you know, just like we build relationships with people, we have to build relationships with our younger selves because mm-hmm. they may not always trust us initially because yeah. they're hurting and they're like, why did this happen? You know, yeah. but as we are with them and they come to s- sort of soften mm-hmm. and believe us, it's amazing. Some of the integration, the beauty like, and, and this is what's so complicated. Cause I never, ever want to tell someone like, you know, everything happens for a reason. You know, I, it's like, I don't ever want to put a bow on somebody's pain because wow, mm. I've had that happen. I've seen. So, I mean, it's just so painful to be minimized in that way. Um, but there is this, it's a mystery. It's a paradox of the beauty that can happen in Mm -hmm. healing. And I, there is no exact formula. 
And that's what part of what makes it so it's, it's a mystery, right? That as we lean in and as we listen and as we attune and as we do all this work, we get a sense of where to go and what to do. Uh In chapter six, which was, I think one of the the chapters that, that hit me the hardest, uh, you're talking about, uh, your miscarriage and and just the healing journey with that. And, but you ask yourself this question, Andy, that again, it just stopped me in my tracks when I read it. And you said, what is the gentlest thing you can do to, you know, today, this gentleness, I'm addicted to this at this point in my life. And so after I read that, and even this week, I found myself referencing that chapter and asking myself, what is the gentlest uh, thing that I can do for myself today? What is the gentlest uh, kindness, kindest word that I can say to myself, to my parts today? Mm. What does young Tasha need to hear? What is, what is the, the gentlest thing that she needs from me in this moment? And, and if you would, could you speak to why, how did you come upon that, that question and, and, and why that's so important for us? Mm. Well, I just mean so much to hear how you connected with that, because that's a really, that time of my life was really when Try Softer, even just like the idea that I would maybe write this book started to birth in me because it was then that all these pieces of work that I had been doing, like I'd been doing deeper training as a trauma therapist. I had been in my own therapy. I had, uh, I had been, you know, I had a, we had our first child, our daughter, and it was really hard to be a parent. And I was like, wow, this is like even harder than I thought kind of, I mean, mm-hmm. I what an honor, but also really hard. And so it was like, everything just felt hard in that season. Um, and it occurred to me, the harder it is, like the softer, the gentler I must be. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where that question came. And it was like, you know, my husband and I, we had experienced secondary infertility. Um, we had had, you know, some various treatments we had, it just was really, it was really painful. And I really wrestled with God in that season. Like, really like again, like more pain, you know, just this feeling of, um, you know, when you want something, when you're like, oh, this is what's like my heart desires and you just keep not getting it. It hurts, you know? And so I remember that time. And I just remember I had to have a, um, a DNC to essentially complete, um, after the, the miscarriage had happened. Mm-hmm. And so I came home and we had a, thankfully, like I had a babysitter to watch my daughter that day. Cause I just, I was not, and I was not in good shape. So I had the whole day to myself mm-hmm. and I just remember, I mean, just closing the blinds. <laughs> I think mm-hmm. I binged, um, Grey's Anatomy, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and I just was yeah. like, Oh, like, it was like, I can just still remember. I just had this like, Oh dear one. Oh, my little, like, Oh, I love you. You know, like you are just hurting. So sad, so much grief. Mm -hmm. And like, it's okay to just be like, just stay here a while and just, just rest up, you know? And, and so, yeah. And that, 
what's such a, you know, what's interesting to me about some of the, some really painful seasons of my life, like we talked about earlier, that I also see as I was healing, as I was moving through the pain, I really experienced a nearness of God that was profound. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and words just really didn't do justice to it. Like, I was like, I don't know how you conjure this. This is not what this is. And I, and I think that's part of that gentleness of like, almost like participating with God in holding the pain and letting the pain be honored so that ultimately, not in a rush, but ultimately it could move through my body. Sometimes the the most gentle thing that you can do for yourself is just allowing yourself to feel the pain. Just sitting, sitting on the couch, binging on something and just letting the pain flow through. That allowing it to flow through is painful. It's supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not easy. No. Why we have to be so gentle. Yes. Yes. And, and so, and, and again, not rushing through it, uh, maybe there's a tendency to want to shush it away hmm. or to, to do things to, again, to put, to put a bow on that pain, right? Hmm. It'll be better tomorrow, but what if it's not? Hmm. Cause right now I'm really hurting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so Yeah. So, so now through the things that are happening in my life at this point, and just ever since I first read Try Softer, it's been asking myself that question. How can I be gentle today? Mm. Just today, just in this moment, what do I need? Do I need a nap? Do I just need to cry it out? Do I just need to name that this thing really hurts? That life feels really brutal right now. And I don't know how I'm going to get through it. Sometimes that's the gentle. And, and I always talk about younger Tasha, that language, that acknowledgement is something that I didn't have the language for before. There was no safe place, no safe person to say this really hurts. So I had to hold it in, but now I get to voice it. So, so however we find gentleness, whatever comes up, and that's going to look different from moment to moment, Hmm. but the harder it is, I love that you said that the harder it is, the more gentle you need to be with yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It's this, I find that healing has so many paradoxes. Like I just, everywhere I go, (laughs) which I think is why I've held on to my faith. Cause it really at its core is kind of a paradox, (laughs) you know, that the way the way that Jesus was, was like, not what people expected or wanted or demanded. And like the last shall be first. And like, it's like this upside down. And I find a lot of healing to be like that. It's like, you know, it's like pushing hard doesn't necessarily get us where we want to go, you know, and being hard on ourselves, isn't necessarily going to bring about the changes we think it will. And, and so it's like a, this, this unlearning and relearning, Mm -hmm. I think, Mm -hmm. especially for those of us who have those really old stories, those really default stories of Mm -hmm. how we're supposed to be in the world. It really is a constant practice, a constant attending to Mm -hmm. those parts of ourselves who are like, well, can't ask anybody for help. 
can't name my pain. Guess I should just muscle, muscle through what I'm going through. Doesn't matter as much as whatever, like every narrative that we had to internalize to survive Mm -hmm. as we attend that and listen with compassion. I think we get to, to write a new one. So your book, now you've come out with a guided journal and mine will be here within the next couple of days. And so I'm super excited uh, to share it with everybody and to even use it myself and recommend it to my clients. Can you talk a little bit about this, this guided journal? Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for ordering. I'm so honored. Um, yeah, yeah, it is really been this labor of love. Cause I know as you and I have talked about like this year was, I mean, and it's not, it's been more than just this year. Right. But uh, it's just like the the way this year's year has just kept on going. March of 2020 hasn't ended yet. Um, that it was, it's been this labor of love to, you know, I think for me, part of writing Trey Softer was like, man, there is just so much need. There are so many folks who would benefit from getting some of these resources and tools. Mm -hmm. And I know I can't see everybody for therapy, but man, wouldn't it be so cool if it made it more accessible for people to be doing this work um, sooner? Maybe it might make, you know, therapy a little bit more accessible in some ways. And so the guided, the guided journey is really a deepening of, of the work that we started in TriSofter. And so basically I split it up into five sections and it's really experiential. So, um, part of it, you know, every section has like a, like a body centered practice. Um, every section has some work around using art and tapping into our right brain. Um, every section has some journaling prompts. Um, but basically it's like taking what we've done in TriSofter and, you know, I, I actually combined the chapters and it's like it, it's like it created this new, Mm -hmm. it's like it brought to the surface what I felt like maybe I didn't get to fully address in TriSofter. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I'm really excited about is giving people more resources. Yeah. Because if there's one thing that I just don't think there's enough of, yeah, you know, it's that there's not enough resources. Absolutely. right. And so, you know, I do, I go deeper into like, how can we strengthen things like containment? Like when something feels mm-hmm. way too big to deal with all the mm-hmm. time, how can we um, use grounding in a way that serves you even better? How can we work with that younger, those younger selves? What does it look like to really um, kind of attend and sort of meet those younger selves where they are and mm-hmm. build that relationship um, so that they, you know, God willing, will feel more safe with us. Yeah. Um, and so along with that, I, we created, I created some videos, some free videos, um, and they're actually on my website. It's on slash videos. And, you know, whether folks buy the, the guided journey or not, those are free. So mm-hmm. feel free to check those out. It's, it's basically, you know, me giving like the big picture of what we talk about in each section. And I even run through some of like the practices, some of the meditations. Um, so if that's something that, you know, someone listening thinks that might be a resource, feel free to check that out. And I will be referencing your book and your guided, your guided journal. Mm. So I am looking forward to uh, your books getting into the hands of so many people that need it um, and that need this more compassionate 
gentle, respectful way of healing. Can you let everybody know that just doesn't know? Because you know, the question always comes up, where do I get our book? Where's the best place for people to order your book and your guided journal? Yes. Well, with supply chain issues, as folks may have heard about, it's been a little bit more tricky. As far as I know, it's available at all, you know, anywhere books are sold. Mm -hmm. Um, What I know right now is Amazon is probably the one that is not like is most available right now. Mm -hmm. Um, So feel free to check that out. But I know, you know, Barnes and Noble, Target, local bookstores, um, anywhere pretty much books are sold. You can also check out my website, ondicolber.com. It gives you some ideas if you're interested. Um, And I would love for folks to check out out, you know, my, my Instagram, you can find me at Andy Colber or Twitter at Andy Colber. And yeah, Tasha and I have very similar, just this idea of, you know, this is deep work. This is layered work. I love to be able to share some of my reflections on healing. That's a lot of how I use my space. And um, so would love to connect with y'all there. Thank you so much, Andy, for being on my podcast. And I so appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to When We Speak. Follow me on Instagram at Tasha Hunter LCSW. If you haven't done so yet, please rate, review, and follow me on iTunes and share it on your social media. If you want a copy of my book, What Children Remember, it is available on Amazon. Until next time.